Isn't there like a thing, all vibes, no plot? This was no vibes, no plot. Welcome to the Lesson a Day podcast. Don't ask us to explain the name. We're not going to. I'm Kay. I'm Kiko. And we're here to talk about books, movies, TV shows, geeky things. Major spoilers for any piece of media ever created. Let's dive right in. So our first segment that we generally start off with is our current events. And this is sort of where we just catch each other up on the media that we've been consuming for the past week. So this week, we're going to start off with a movie that we both actually watched together in person. We got the chance to see each other last week. And we're like, let's do a movie night. So we watched the... I have regrets about that movie night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We watched the new, I guess it's an action heist movie. It's the new Kevin Hart movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's his own genre. He kind but of the thing is he didn't follow the genre he usually goes for, so I don't I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I believe yeah, it's a Netflix original. Um, but the movie is called Lift. It just came out. It released last week actually, so it's kinda like we saw it in theaters. Yeah, basically. But but I would sue if I It was number one on the Netflix's trending. Yeah, you know what? And I feel like we were bamboozled because I love heist movies right and we were in the vibe because we were talking about leverage and so we we're like yes heists let's go and the plot sounded fun knew, and we scrolled through half of netflix and we settled on it we're like yeah this is this is what we're gonna do after all this work of scrolling yeah it was honestly spoilers it's bad it's really really bad but it wasn't even i enjoy watching bad movies but it wasn't even so bad it's good it was just so bad period like tower heist Tower Heist is another uh, heist movie that we watched where we were excited because we thought it would be good. And um, even that was more enjoyable, I think, than Lyft, even though we hated it. Did we watch Tower Heist with the expectation of it being good? I think we did because the reviews weren't too bad on Amazon. Oh, and then yeah. the cast the cast was star-studded, so mm-hmm. we assumed that it was going to be good. And then it ended up being really disappointing. But I still feel like that was more entertaining than this movie. This one was just straight up bad and there's a lot of reasons that it is the briefest of summaries a master thief who works with his ex-girlfriend in interpol to pull off this heist on a plane and steal a bunch of gold that's being shipped on a plane to a bad guy and that's yeah it's being shipped to a bad guy so interpol wants to keep the gold from getting to him so he and his crew do this heist in the air and i guess that's the gimmick of it I think that the main problem is that it was it was trying too hard to decide what it wanted to yeah, be. Yeah, it was like it was essentially a combination of every heist movie that ever existed, except worse. Yes. Yeah. Oh I think. yeah. You know what? My dad watched it despite me telling him not to, and he said the same exact thing. He said it it was like every other heist movie that ever existed and really bad. Yeah, I think because we really enjoy heist stuff in general, whether you're reading it or watching it, right? So I think the general outline of the plot was there. I think the thing that really killed it for me was I guess they wanted Kevin Hart to be their name actor on there. Like the big draw, the big name to draw people in. But Kevin Hart is a comedian, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not saying that he can't play serious roles, but... 
the character he was i know he was in other serious roles i I know he's done like serious movies but i haven't watched them so i don't know how he is in them but for this one he didn't fit that that character at all it looked like he was playing a character and trying so hard to be this really cool and charismatic man and i just hated him yeah there was character and we were literally saying it as we were watching the movie of his role was not really clearly defined it felt like what they were trying to do was make him into like the danny ocean or nate ford of where he's the mastermind and the brains of the operation but as you're watching the movie his role is kind of just to be better than everybody else because every time they have individual problems his team they're all highly specialized at what they're doing supposedly right and every time they have problems he just steps in and answers them he gives them a solution like they don't know how to solve it without his help which i thought was really funny the most useless i know it's like if you're spending your whole life to train to be good at this one thing why are you letting this rando who is not trained in it solve every single issue that pops up and you know what some of them were redundant there were so many of them and some of them like overlapped or yes there were oh my god oh thank you for reminding me there were two tech people and there's absolutely no reason for there to be two tech people so one was the hacker and one was the engineer and the engineer was lame but the hacker was i like the hacker (laughs) yeah but there was literally no reason for them both because if she was just the hacker Mm -hmm. right that would make sense. So they need, obviously they need an engineer to build their devices for their heist. But she did both. Yeah, but honestly, I think she had less of a role than the engineer. Uh, I mean, the engineer had less yeah, that, screen that's time. That's the problem. So. The engineer had less screen time, but he had more of a role to play. The hacker... In the heist, yeah, sure. The hacker didn't really need to do anything other than... Yeah, the hacker didn't need to do anything, really. I think they just... As part of their plan, They just of. put her in there because she needed oh my god but at least at least she did something they also had this guy who's supposed to be their master of disguises and he did not do a single thing the whole i mentioned that in the in the beginning of the movie this dude's useless and you're like wait we need a grifter like sophie of course they need it and then later on the movie you were (laughs) you were like wait this dude's so useless i know i was I was so duped. I gave them so much credit. I was like, obviously, you need a grifter. Every one of these heist movies needs the charismatic master of disguises who infiltrates the enemy or whatever. But he did not do anything. He gets caught in the beginning of the movie for their first crime. And then he spends the rest of the movie sitting on the plane. And I swear to God, you could have cut him out and not changed a single thing about the movie. It was so annoying. Thing is, hey, it wait, was so annoying. I just realized they were all grifters. Because remember, in the beginning of the movie, the hacker pretended to be someone else. They all pretended to be someone else. They were all grifters. So yeah, the grifter was necessary, but in it was a, so in unnecess- a way, he was but... unnecessary because they're a team of grifters. He didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't do a single thing. I think he like distracted a flight attendant for like two minutes or something. Not even two minutes, like one second. But I just don't. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what he was? He was pretending to be this uh, this man with an oxygen tank. And one of the oxygen tanks contained something they needed for a device. Nah, bro. They oh, yeah. they could have found a different way. They could have found a different way. He did not need to be there. Half the crew did not need to be there. And 
none of them had any personalities per se except for that one guy who was just hyper he was kind of crazy kind of fun but not really oh my god i can't oh he was the safe cracker that's what i was like i couldn't even remember what he did but nah he was not as good as charlie's theron so basically the whole movie was go girl give me nothing (laughs) literally Uh, oh my god the romance was disgusting Oh, gosh. yeah. The Kevin Hart and whoever uh, the the Interpol agent they had the Interpol agent ex girlfriend. Yeah, they had zero chemistry. Zero chemistry. There's a running joke in the movie that they've known each other for a week, and then they joke that no, they didn't even know each other for a week. They knew each other for a business week. They only dated each other for five days. Yeah, literally. And they they make such a big deal. He's like, the worst mistake I ever made in my life was letting you go. I'm like, calm down, please. I mean, five days? I mean. I don't know. I've read trashy love at first sight stories where I would believe that those characters knowing each other for less days care more about each other than these two characters because oh yeah it was nothing it was they 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 felt like brother and sister almost yeah you know what they didn't feel like that they didn't feel close enough for that they felt like second cousins (laughs) yeah (laughs) you see each other at the family reunion every other year you say hi once and never talk to them again that's the vibe they had and you know what i feel like they really dumbed down that interpol agent she 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 could have done more but i couldn't root for her well no actually speaking of irrelevant characters there was no need for her to go at all because her whole specialty was that she handled art crimes right and these are a group of art thieves Mm -hmm. except they were stealing gold it had nothing to do with art None yep. of her skills were helpful in any way. She's a detective. Explain yeah, to me how a detective is helping with the heist. In the beginning, they're stealing cryptocurrency. and No, they're she's... stealing NFTs. It's worse. <laughs> yeah, it, this movie was just bad. The, the, the villain was interesting, I think. But beyond that, uh, because it, it was just really funny. I thought a couple of those scenes were, with the villain were funny. But beyond that, like the heist itself, the logistics of the heist were convoluted and not really interesting the plot twist we could see it i think i told you the second um the engineer said he wasn't getting on the plane i was like yeah he's still on their side he's going to just steal the gold while they're not looking yeah yeah you saw that coming from like a mile away yeah so their plot twist wasn't interesting their characters were boring they had no personality and half of their skills were irrelevant and kevin hart was actually i think the worst part of this whole movie his character was so insufferable know-it-all but not really good at anything really i don't know it was extremely mary sue yeah and also i just want to say i like the villain i just realized i liked the villain purely because i liked his house his house yes. looked really cool. It looked like the manor from the very beginning of Vincenzo when he b- burns it. Mm. Essentially, it gave me new life goals. But oh, we, Dude, we didn't even talk about the whole point of Lyft. It's called Lyft because it takes place on a plane, right? They barely spend any time. I, sw- I swear they spend like oh, what, yeah, that's right. 20 minutes on a plane. Oh No, we, no, no, we no. actually checked. We were halfway through the movie and they had not gotten on the plane yet. Which, yeah. that's only valid if, like, the first heist was interesting to watch, but it was not. It was just Kevin Hart at an auction house. And by the way, the actual heist took place before they boarded the plane. So, all they did was have yeah. fight scenes on a plane. The heist 
there was no heisting going on in the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it was two hours of my life that I will not get back. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't even... I'm, I'm going to be so honest. I liked it. I, I liked watching it just because we were together and that's fine. But it wasn't even that fun to roast, I don't think. Because we were just like, what the fuck? Like, no. there was nothing... It wasn't... It, isn't there like a thing all vibes no plot this was no vibes no plot (laughs) yeah actually that it was just bad don't watch it that's our that's our takeaway from this yeah but moving on to things that are actually good that we watched this week so i started watching the bear it was on hulu i think it's a hulu original and i started watching it because it's famous i guess and i have to be honest i don't fully understand why and i say that after having binged season one in two days and i'm now working through season two but i kind of don't know why it is as hugely successful as it is i think it's a good show it's interesting and i like food so I like all their interesting recipe-themed ideas. I feel like season two is more interesting than season one because it focuses more on them getting their restaurant set up. And so there's like a goal that they're working towards and that's always fun to watch, but I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) I really don't understand why it's become that popular. And also it's definitely not a comedy. Everyone was like, it's a comedy. It's not, it's a full drama. And also, I think I told you this before, you would not like it. Yeah, I mean, despite the fact that I love chefy stuff and whatever, I don't watch dramas. I don't watch... Wait, that's really hypocritical of me because I was about to say I don't like things with a lot of emotion, but I watch a lot of crime shows. Yeah. <laughs> but dramas are another another genre. I They're another type of, of thing. I don't, I don't like that. I love dramas, so I'm into it, and I find it enjoyable just because of that. I I like the character development. Every single character has their own motivation and their relationships with each other are so interesting. I think it's a fun concept. And they're trying to actually show, I think, the real-life representation of how restaurants are, which I think is fascinating. I'm actually learning things watching the show about, about the culinary world, which I think is also really cool. But it's also not so compelling that... I can understand why everyone is obsessed with it for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's such a mundane show. I think that's what's confusing you about this being so big, that it's just so mundane, maybe? I think so. It's very emotional, right? Like, um, they're Mm -hmm. all struggling with different types of loss. The whole first season is about the main character overcoming the loss of his brother. And I don't think he really does. I think he's still dealing with it season two. But it's coming to terms with it. Yeah, that's what I, I think I read a comment somewhere that he doesn't show up all that much, but they wanted him to show up more because they like the actor. Yeah, because uh, his character is dead, so he only shows up in flashbacks every now and then. Yes, it's his restaurant that he leaves to his brother after he commits suicide. And then the whole first season is about the brother trying to get the restaurant back up to code. And then the second episode is they're renovating the restaurant, or not second episode, second season is about them renovating the restaurant and making it into the bear. So I like it because I'm goal-oriented. And so I love the like, okay, and this week we're going to fix the menu. Or this week we're going to handle renovations. And this week we're going to do this. It just tickles a little part of my organizational brain. But yeah, it's entertaining. It's just not 
so entertaining that I understand why it's won several Emmys. But that's all I have to say on The Bear. So what have you been watching? I actually don't have much to say on it because I haven't finished it. It's a Korean show called Maestra, Strings of Truth. And I finished episode seven. And I feel like the main character is like the conductor of this orchestra. Bad things keep happening. It keeps going downhill. There's not nothing is looking up for her. Everything bad is happening to her. I'm not seeing the light at the end of this tunnel, you know. <laughs> But I'm only on episode seven, and I think there are 12 episodes. So I think that's why I'm feeling a little rushed. I'm like, "Mm, we're on episode seven. There are 12 episodes. When are things going to look up for her? It just keeps getting worse and worse. But yeah, um, I feel like all the characters are, despite it being an only 12-episode show, all the characters are super developed. And so I'm pretty happy about that. And they're all so interesting. And it's so satisfying. The main character of the show she does things that are just so satisfying usually the main character holds himself back and stuff she does not do that during one episode the orchestra was protesting against her conducting for some reason and so they lock the doors to that uh rehearsal room or whatever and she takes a fire extinguisher and breaks the windows and walks in <laughs> I it's love just that. so satisfying <laughs> i love that oh my god it's just so satisfying anyways yeah, may, I'll update you when I when I finish the show. But that's all I have to say on it. I really like it so far. Can I just say Strings of Truth makes it sound like an anime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little funny. Yeah. Okay, so in addition to the stuff we watched, I did actually manage to commit and finish reading the ebook. I'm also, we've both been working through the Innkeeper series, and I think when we finish it fully, we'll maybe do like a debrief on it because I have been reading it. And it's been a lot of fun, actually. But beyond that, I also read this book called 10,000 Stitches by Olivia Atwater. I had zero expectations. It's another one of those where I put a hold on it a long time ago. And then I fully forgot why I put a hold on it or what the book description was. So I read it completely blind. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't want to spoil it too much because I think you would get a kick out of reading it, actually. Yeah. But it was shockingly good. It's the whole theme of it. Apparently, this author has a whole series like this where it's fairy tales, but set in Regency time. It reads like Jane Austen, basically. Yeah. And we we love those sort of fairy tale based books, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I love fairy tale retellings. When they take the original story and put a a little twist on it, especially when the twist makes it a little bit darker, I love it. Yeah, I think that's why we liked the Cinder series so much. Oh my gosh, The Lunar Chronicles, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those were amazing. I have so many retellings. One of my favorite books of all time is called- Wait, can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Is it Cruel Beauty or whatever? Uh, No, it's not. That's a good one though. Mm. Okay, Uh, what was it then? It's called The Forbidden Wish. It's a retelling of Aladdin, but through the genie's POV. And the genie falls in love with Aladdin, and it's very adorable. But Mm. it's not a spoiler. That's, like, in the book description. But that is one of my favorite books of all time. So the retelling of stories is always great. And then this book just took it, I think, to another level by making it read like Pride and Prejudice, if there was fairies walking around England at the same time so it was great and actually I think it's really interesting because we were talking earlier today about the idea of like um of anger right and that's yeah pretty much the whole theme of the book is just the main character is so so angry about being mistreated 
and she feels bad about she feels like she's making other people angry with how furious she is but it's coming to terms with the idea of anger is not necessarily a bad thing and it can inspire people to seek better compensation or better their lives if it's a driving force and not just destructive so i think it was an interesting theme as well it's like that catalyst yeah right? catalyst for change or even just something to mm-hmm. keep you burning. A lot of people say that the only thing that gets them up in the morning is spite. And I kind of agree, so. <laughs> Mine is what my next meal is. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's that's more accurate. Oh, wait, hang on. I was Googling this book and what, the second thing that popped up was fan art. So give me one second for me to stare at the fan art of this <laughs> main character. Um, Wow. Wow. That's a little bit interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you use the word interesting. It means something so different than what you mean. <laughs> it's actually really good. The fan art here is pretty great. But yeah, I recommend it. I think you'll really like it if you do read it. All right. Um, should I start with my book next? Yeah, go for it. What did you read? So I read this book called Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. And it's this cozy fantasy book. And you know... Maybe because it was cozy fantasy. I've actually this is actually the first cozy fantasy book I've ever re- I've ever read. So I don't really know how they normally are. But I found this book to be kind of boring. It was <laughs> it was really it was a slow pickup from the beginning. When we got to the climax, when things actually happened, it was pretty interesting. They talk a lot about the lore of certain fairies and stuff, and so that was pretty interesting. I think that's kind of the norm, though, for cozy fantasy is those cozy books are really just about the vibes more than they are about the plot. So yeah, they're just to make you feel comfy. They have nothing to do with actual plot. (laughs) Yeah. As for the main character, Emily, Emily, Emily is really smart, okay, and make pretty rash decisions most of the times. And they lead to consequences that are pretty bad for everyone else, including her. So I felt pretty conflicted by that. She was really smart about things, though. That's really contradictory, but she was just a really smart person. She used her knowledge to get herself out of situations, which I liked. As for the love interest, there was no chemistry for me. I wasn't feeling him. I don't really care for him. Was it one of those love interests that kind of just exists there for the sole purpose of being the love interest? No. No, he oh. definitely had a role. He he's very he's very interesting. He's almost morally gray leaning towards white. But ooh, a bad boy? Eh, like a playboy. Oh, I don't. But he really cares for the main lead. I still don't I don't feel him. I feel like she's better off alone. But the problem is she, she always does things alone. Another underlying thing is her trying to accept other people's help. Aww. But I think that's what friendship is Aww. for. That's actually really cute. Yeah, in the beginning of this book, she goes to this town. She's not liked very much, and she doesn't really like the town very much. But by the end, they're all basically simps for her. They all love her, and she reluctantly admits her love for them. (laughs) Like, really cares for them. So that's so sweet. I really loved that. You know what? I think you would love it. It's found family. Is it a series? I think there's a second book that's out. So Ooh. I think, yeah, it is the series. I, you're right. I do love Found Family, so I'm into that. But I'm curious to see your opinion on the male lead. Is the... <laughs> That sounds a little ominous. I don't dislike him. So those are my thoughts on that. 
All right. I think that kind of catches us up on our current events, right? Yeah. Cool. So I think we can maybe go on to our main topic for today then. Last week we did, or last episode, we did kind of a holiday catch up on stuff that we'd just been watching for the month of December while we were off on holiday break. This time I kind of want to go back and look at the year in review. I know it's a little bit late for us to still be reflecting on 2023, but we can cling to the past. That's fine. 2023 was 365 days. 2024 is 18 days. So of course we're still reflecting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, No wonder we're reflecting. It was a long year. (laughs) Long year that also felt way too short. So I thought today we could go through our top five best things that came out last year or that we experienced the first time last year and the top five worst things that we experienced. I don't, I didn't really have any, we both made lists, right? Yeah. Of our personal top fives. I, the only criteria I give for myself is whatever it was, I saw it or I read it or played it exclusively in 2023. It may not have been released then, but that's when I saw it. Yeah. Why don't you start? All right. I'm really excited to hear about your list, so. For my fifth, I honestly, I didn't actually read that much this year. I only started reading towards the end of the year because I was in a slump, but Actually, Kay got me out of my slump and since we started this podcast, and hey. now I'm reading so much more. It's just going to be TV shows and movies. So for my fifth best for 2023 is a movie called Polite Society. And Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. It's so, it's such a fun movie. It's just pure fun. I don't even know how to describe it. Is it like a comedy? Yeah. It's so funny. It's so different from anything I've ever seen. And it's based off of Indian stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, oh. It's, it's Is not it an a Bollywood Indian movie? movie, but... Like a Bollywood? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read out the description. Martial artist training, Rhea Khan believes she must save her older sister, Lena, from her impending marriage. After enlisting the help of her friends, Rhea attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood. I loved the sisterhood aspect. Well, if it's good, then I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I honestly have more to say on my worst than my best. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) It's easy to justify why you like something. It's much harder to justify why you hate something, (laughs) especially media. So my fifth, we binged this whole series when we had COVID in May, and we were just sitting and doing absolutely nothing because we're quarantining. And so we binged this all in like a day. But we watched Dairy Girls for the first time. Uh, I think there's like three seasons. Have you seen it? No, but I've I've watched <laughs> compilations of Sister Michael. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> she's so iconic. I love she's her. She's so iconic. Though she seriously was probably the best part of the whole show. But we watched it. It was a lot of fun. It was really funny, but it was also kind of emotional. And also, you know, I love found family. So that was fun, too, because it's just about a group of friends. It kind of had like the vibes of Disney Channel movies, not movies, TV shows growing up. Yeah. Where it's just a bunch of teenagers getting into trouble. Yeah, yeah. It had those vibes. So I really loved it. And that's kind of all I have to say about it. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, fourth place, go. For fourth place, my best, Sandman, season one. I'm sorry, I loved it. It was so good. Oh, that's so valid. I absolutely loved it. It's based off the Neil Gaiman series comic. It was just so good. 
I only watched the first episode, but it is good. I actually... The vibes, yeah, like... I'd been wanting to watch it for a while, but I had to be in a certain mood to watch it. And I find the mood, and then I started watching it, and I binged the whole thing. It was so excellent. It was really beautiful, too. Yeah, the 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 scenery, the sets were so gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And yeah. nothing felt cringy. Nothing felt, nothing felt fake, because you'd expect in that type of show in that type of world there'd be a lot of like cgi and stuff yeah it was pretty seamless yeah one of my favorite moments was between lucifer and dream their whole battle thingy i don't know (laughs) i forgot what it's called i know it's called something there's like a certain name for it it was really cool anyways that's all i have to say on that Okay, so for my fourth place is, it's a book actually. It's my only book on this list. Isn't that funny? (laughs) It's this book called The Obsidian Tower. Oh, yep. The Obsidian Tower by Melissa Caruso, part of her Rooks and Ruin series. And this book kind of sparked my love of reading back up this year because I think in 2022, and honestly, through most of the pandemic, I hadn't really been reading all that much, mm-hmm. which you would think, oh, with all that free time, I would be reading, but no. It was just so excellent. The main character is so interesting. It's another one of those found family books. There's a bunch of like little side characters. It has a romance, but it's so subtle and woven into the plot that it's fine. And <laughs> the plot itself was actually interesting. There's a little bit of mystery, a little bit of adventure. It's kind of dark. I highly recommend it. I haven't read the third book yet. I think it came out this year, but I always struggle reading the third book in a series. I don't know why. Maybe it's like because I don't want it to end. For me, it's because the second books are always out first and the third books come out in my next life. Oh, no, I'm wrong. It came out in 2022. I just didn't pick it up from the library. <laughs> but yeah, that's good. Uh, my third best is a movie called Ballerina, and it's Korean, and it's just so excellent. The soundtrack, the visuals, the storyline, it was just so fast-paced and so good, so satisfying. And because the movie's only an hour and 33 minutes, everything just moves so fast. And it, it's a revenge movie. It's just so good. Ooh. I really, really liked it. Is it me, or is a lot of Korean media becoming more revenge-oriented? Yeah, I think uh, 2023 was the year of revenge in Korean cinema. And now this year is the time for time slips, time travel. But Ballerina was so good. And the way it was just shot, the way it's colored. And once again, a big part of it was the soundtrack. And I think uh, the soundtrack was, I think it's a producer, a Korean artist called Gray. And he does a lot of, he's in the hip hop genre. And so that's what made the soundtrack really cool. I have the soundtrack on my, on my liked songs and Spotify and stuff. I highly recommend. Is it like about a ballerina or is it one of those where it's just called that for a random reason? No, the ballerina is the one person who dies, and the ballerina's friend takes revenge. Ooh, that sounds really good. It's pretty dark. Yeah, but I'm into that. Okay. See, honestly, this is just a great way for me to get some good recommendations, because our taste lines up so good. Yeah, I'm totally reading The Obsidian Tower. It looks really cool. <laughs> you might end up finishing it before I do. <laughs> okay, shall we move on to number three for me? Okay. This one felt kind of obligatory, but I had to put it on the list. Legend of Vox Machina season two came out this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I feel like you're disappointed. I didn't 
I'm not disappointed. <laughs> it was expected, yeah. you know? <laughs> it was uh, everything I was expecting except better because the first season, honestly, it wasn't my favorite. But that's just because I like season two. I like the second arc of the campaign much better anyway because it's all about dragons. Mm-hmm. And that's when they start all the characters kind of get like cool weapons and become really high level. So I loved it. And I thought that the that the animation was actually pretty good this season. Like the the plot line. I don't know how they managed to cut so many episodes down so effectively, but they did it. They really captured pretty much the main beats of the campaign. Like everything I would have thought was a major highlight of the campaign, they managed to bring it into the animated series pretty well. So someday when you decide to watch it, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> I will watch it eventually. I'm trying to get through The Mighty Nine. Is that campaign three? What what campaign is that? That's campaign That's campaign two. Bell's Hells is three. Okay, campaign two. And that's taking a while. Um, Number two. Okay, so my number two, I think it would have been number one if the show hadn't been canceled. Oh. And it's a Netflix show. Netflix cancels all of its good shows. Number two is Altered Carbon. I Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, it, it's so good. It's, it's sci-fi, cyberpunk. It's really, really good. And second season was good too. There's only two seasons released. But yeah, I was so upset. Okay, see, that's one of those things where I'd actually want to watch that. But if it's canceled, I don't want to invest my time into it just to be disappointed, you know? But you definitely should because it's it looks amazing. Yeah, but do they complete the story in two seasons? Or is it like one of those things where, well, they left off on kind of a cliffhanger because I'll just be forever frustrated. I'm going to be real. I watched this a while back, but let me wait. Let me see. Episode guide season two. (laughs) Okay, I don't think it. I think I'm fine now. It's not a complete cliffhanger, you know, but yeah, it's relatively resolved. The plot has concluded. There's no loose threads because if the plot of that season has been concluded but there was like obviously some sort of general, you know, that overarching plot line that sort of, I don't know how to explain it. Uh-uh. I don't, I just, I can't with the loose threads. I, I'm one but of those people to. who, if there's multiple paths in a video game, I will go back and explore everything. I leave no stone unturned. I have to know. But the cast is so good for this. In both seasons, uh, the same person is played by... So the main character's conscience gets transferred to another body in season two. So in the first season, he's played by Joel Kinnaman, who's Captain Flag in the Suicide Squad movies. But he's really good at an altered carbon. He's hot. And you know what? I like in Suicide Squad too. So whatever. Controversial. Uh, I don't know. And second season, he's played by Anthony Mackie, who's who's obviously yeah, amazing. so safe. Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure... I don't know if I'm getting this wrong, but... Oh yeah, maybe I won't say it if I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Because I don't remember. But yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, but I probably won't watch it. But you should you should definitely watch I it. I just don't want to set myself up for disappointment if I really like it and it ends. And I'll just be like, but why? But you should most definitely watch it. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, so you're watching it. I'll watch it when you, when you read good. Crescent City. So <laughs> when I'm dead then? Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> That's I fun. guess. <laughs> we'll we'll beef on that later. <laughs> we will. Okay, what's your second? My second. This is another obligatory one. 
my second place is Tears of the Kingdom. It's not technically a book or a movie or a show. Um, yeah, but I mean, this could be a general best, right? Yeah, but I had to. I would have said um, Elden Ring because I'm a little late to the game. I only just got a PS5 for Christmas last year. And so mm-hmm. I technically I played a lot of Elden Ring this year, but I started it in December. So I didn't want to count it. I'm surprised you didn't say Ragnarok. Because I never oh, played God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> my oh, dad your, your dad did, did right? I mean, <laughs> if I'm being so honest right now, my PS5 is not mine. It's my dad's. I literally haven't played it in six months, but he plays it all the time. So, especially since there's a new DLC for God of War. So, did you really get the Christmas present or did your dad get himself No, the it's his. Present? It's his. We kind of established that it's his. I got a PlayStation gift card recently and I just literally handed it to him and I said, it's yours. Because he would get mad every time I would play. He would just get so annoyed. He'd be like, give it to me. Give me the controller. It's my turn. So, but I, that's why I didn't include Elden Ring. But Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild 2, it is a phenomenal game. The construction aspect of it is so fun. I was kind of disappointed when I heard it was going to be the same map as game one, but I think they did a lot to make it different. And then they added the sky and then they added the whole underground area. That being said, I haven't finished the game. Like I played it nonstop for about two months in the summer and I haven't even beaten the first dungeon. So (laughs) I have... I haven't played it in six months, but you know, the, those couple of weeks that I did, they were phenomenal. <laughs> I heard it, it was, was so like, good that I heard, it, I heard it was really hard, though, the game. I mean, people said that about the first one, too. Um, I always, I feel like I approach the game wrong. Whenever there's an open world game, the first thing I do is I collect everything and I go, like, grind and level up. So by the time I go to fight, like, the first boss, I'm way over leveled and the game is too easy for me. And that's kind of what I did with Breath of the Wild, too. Like, I got the Master Sword before I beat the first Divine Beast, so. Yeah, that, that, the, that's where I'm stuck in, um, The Witcher Wild Hunt. I... I cannot stand the 15 billion question marks on the map. I have to visit all of them. And so on whatever the place I'm in, I finished a whole section of question marks. And I'm already, I think I'm, my level is at the level where I should travel to the next city or next place. But um, a majority of the map is question marks. The other side of the map is all question marks. And I, I'm not the type of person who... I'm unfortunately not the type of person who goes back and goes back and replays because I'm a storyline girl. So there's no point. <laughs> oh, well. <Yeah. laughs> I still haven't done the main plot line of Skyrim. I did everything else possible in the game, but I never did the main quest. So <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's just how it be. I Someday I'll pick up tears of the kingdom again when i have more free time i think mm-hmm. but but it was phenomenal um which is why it's number my number two all right okay uh, it's time my, hang on my number one i'm gonna is- do a drum roll i don't know if it's gonna share, pick up on my mic but but honestly wait wait before you do that honestly i think it's just my number uh-huh. one because i don't remember really everything that i watched in 2023 and it's also probably the most recent really good thing that I've watched. Okay, I'm still going to give you a drum roll. All right. So my number one is 
the English. Uh, it's a limited prime show with it's the show with Emily Blunt and Chasky Spencer. Yay, this is the one you talked oh, about last time. Oh wait, right? I'm just looking oh, he played Sam in Twilight. Wow. Oh what? What a turnaround. Like what a turnaround. <laughs> because the English That's is so random. <laughs> the English is excellence, okay? The show, not not the not the peoples, not the people. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but the show. Did you just declare war on a whole country? They declare. <laughs> well, I didn't start it. Did I? Well, I didn't start it. Okay, <laughs> but it's like a perfect combination of just action and like intrigue and romance, and it's um, it's a western. And it's just done so differently. And I love Westerns. It's really good. And it's something that, like, stays with you. Like, you think about it for a long time after you watch it. Like, after I, f- I binge-watched it, and after I finished the show, I was just like, <laughs> I just felt so empty. <laughs> and that doesn't really <laughs> I happen. I love those. Like, I love those. I mean, and it's only six episodes. Like, how does the six episode oh, really? do that? Is it like long episodes though? So like an hour per. Um, the only episode that's an that actually reaches the sixty minute mark and past is the sixth episode. It shows like the struggles of like Native Americans. So I I don't remember, but I think it had like informational things. Yeah, the last the last episode at the end of the last episode, there's like a slideshow. Of like real pictures and stuff and information, but I don't even know how to describe it. I I really recommend it to everyone. Okay, it's it was already on my list from last time, but it's doubly on my list now. Like it's only six episodes. Like people can yeah. pe- people can watch this fast, you know. Yeah, just binge it. You got nothing going on. Yeah, exactly. Like morning, it's really dark. It's very dark. And it okay. is just so, it's sad. It's sad and tragic. <laughs> okay, well, you're pushing me back in the direction of, well, maybe I don't want to watch it. But no, no, you have to watch it, though. I, because I need to talk about it with you. Oh, fine. I'll think about it. <laughs> but if it makes me cry, we will have beef. You're going to cry. Okay, well, get ready for some beef then. Because I almost cried. Oh, Can you great. imagine <laughs> if I almost cry? Yeah. Man, I cry so much, so it's fine. All right, so my number one, and you might agree with this one, actually. Um, my favorite thing that I saw last year was uh, The Glory. Yeah. Because that was just so good, dude. We watched the whole thing in one night. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it follows that, like, revenge story theme. Yeah. Um, like, we were saying that Korean media has been leaning towards, but it's so dark, and all the characters are so interesting, and it's so full of suspense. I loved it. Yeah. Like, I think the only thing is that um, I feel like the romance was a little bit unnecessary and kind of weird, but... It wasn't... Uh... Actually, I think I appreciated it because the story was just so dark that romance added like that, you know, shot of light that I needed. <laughs> it was a little pick me up, and then fair. it was you. Di- you dove right back into the dark stuff. Yeah, 
but it he, did give you, I think, a decent reprieve. But. Yeah, but um, the the love interest, his role was pretty. I think it was pretty unnecessary. It could have been anyone else. Yeah, it could have, but but even then, it was just so good. Mm-hmm. I like the romance still. Yeah, it definitely was not like the defining feature of that show. Yeah, but yeah, it was just so much more than that. Yeah, like it got to the point where near the end of it, because uh, the whole plot is about her getting revenge on her high school bullies. It got to the point where near the end of it, I honestly started to feel bad for them. Really? Oh, yeah. I think we argued about this because I didn't feel bad for them one bit. And I I thought they I thought the show the ending was underwhelming because I thought they deserved worse than what they got. I thought it was too fast. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean... And even the... Several of them... The the main bully especially. Such disappointment for me. So disappointing. But she lost everything. And then she mentally snapped. And she's in prison forever. Being abused by the other prisoners. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know if I could think of a worse punishment for a human being. No. No. I... It was. She lost her kid. I still don't. She she did love her daughter. That was maybe her only redeeming quality. Maybe it wanted more physical pain for her. <laughs> oh my god. Because the pain was also very physical for the main character. Yeah, I think it just wasn't enough for me. I think I like... You know the Vincenzo? You watched the complete show, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's the type uh, of... No, I've only seen a couple episodes, but yeah. Oh. Well, what that was like some dark stuff. Like, oh, I don't want to spoil it, but like, obviously, whatever they take revenge, right? But um, mm-hmm. that's the type of I found that very satisfying. But yeah, I still love the glory of though. Okay, I think that's the best of. So honorable mentions. Oh yeah, um, honorable mentions. I have quite a lot, so I'm just gonna list them out. So I have the glory on my honorable mentions. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. Uh, Queenmaker. That's a Korean show. It's political. Oh, you would like it since you like political stuff. It's on my list. Um, A show called Decoy, also Korean. Extraction 2, the one with uh, Chris Hemsworth. And obviously my franchises, Fast X. Um, so what Ugh. if the movie wasn't as great as I was Ugh. expecting? It's still a Fast and Furious movie, and Jason Momoa is really great on it. In it, I, so what, what I, can disagree. I, um, I disagree. I <laughs> disagree. You're false. Anyways, <laughs> John Wick Four. I liked it. There's a movie called The Gentleman, uh, directed by Guy Ritchie, that I really liked. And last but not least, The Great British Bake Off. Enough said. Wow. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, for my honorable mentions, I actually didn't have that many. The live action One Piece was great. Oh, I forgot to mention that. I'm so dumb. That's also my honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, I also liked Queen Charlotte a lot because it made me cry. It was good. And then I have this book called Book of Night, which I definitely want to talk about at some point because it, it's another one of those books along oh, yeah. with Obsidian oh, Tower yeah, it's that the I just Holly, Holly, Holly something, right? Holly Black. Yeah, Holly Black. Yeah, it is just so good. 
it's so good we should talk about it but i didn't include it on the list just because um i read it like during new year's so if it's still kind of 2022 barely edging into 2023 but Mm -hmm. but it's, it's also good yeah okay but i think that's that's it for like our positive note let's start getting into roast mode Oh, roast one's gonna go hard. <laughs> I have some. I have some opinions. So. Okay, um, you can go first this time since I went first uh, for my bests. Okay, um, so for my worst of twenty twenty three, at number five, and I don't necessarily feel that strongly about this one. This list was a lot harder for me to come up with because if I don't like something, I just don't finish it and most times when I do like DNF something I kind of have a sense like as soon as I pick it up like oh this isn't for me yeah yeah so I, I don't really have a lot of valid opinions yeah honestly wait, um, it, it, but, I mean it's personal opinions so it's fine yeah. it's fine personal opinions are valid opinions <laughs> uh-huh personal opinions are fact obviously oh yeah um policymakers uh but so in my fifth place is Ginny and Georgia Mm. we watched actually i think we watched like a full season of this and like we were halfway through season two when i finally gave up and it wasn't that it was a bad show necessarily because there were interesting parts but Ginny was just unbearable yeah that's what that's what i heard that was the main like gripe i heard which i mean it's so fair she's a kid i think she's like 15 or something like it's okay i get it I heard she's like the most obnoxious kid on earth or something. Yeah, she's pretty obnoxious. Um, she's so mean to her mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess is like underlying jealousy or something. I don't know. Isn't like the thing her mom's done like so much to sacrifice for her and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if the show focused more on her mom, it would be more interesting to me. It also like the vibes of it were just like a little bit uncomfortable to me. It was kind of giving Pretty Little Liars, but not as ridiculous. Yeah, it, would, it didn't so. hit the edge like. You're supposed yeah. to like tumble overboard, and so it didn't hit yeah. what you needed it to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a bad show. I just didn't like it all that much, so that's why it's my number five. All right. Oh wow, my number five has a pretty long explanation. I've written explanations down okay. for my worst. Um. So my number five is don't look up. <laughs> oh yeah wasn't that like super popular yeah that's that was this is my most controversial one i believe <laughs> so let me let me start let me start okay uh so i wrote, cancel yourself please yeah i i will it dragged for me and i didn't really find it fun to watch i really only cared about and uh felt for jennifer lawrence's character also i hated her hair why did they choose microbangs? <laughs> I hate microbangs on everyone. No, they're crime. They're a crime. It was just really bad. Um, at the end of the movie, uh, spoilers, obviously, at the end of the movie, the comet does hit Earth and pretty much everyone, including the characters we're supposed to care about, dies. But I didn't really feel sad about it since I really only cared for <laughs> JLS character. <laughs> um, and she died too. Uh, the bad slash selfish <laughs> president, who's played by Meryl Streep, and a bunch of other rich people survive by going in a spa- spacecraft on another planet, and they land like twenty thousand years later. Wait, that's that's so cliche. Yeah, and but she but she actually immediately dies on that planet by like a bird nice. dinosaur thing. I don't know. Nice. Um, a, one of the creatures on that planet. 
Also, her son, who also sucks and everything's kind of his fault, uh, survives the impact on Earth somehow. Everything that J-Laws <laughs> and the other characters did in that movie feels like, it feels hopeless. It feels pointless almost, but maybe that's the point of the movie because maybe it's supposed to say like, no matter what we do, no one's going to listen and only the rich are going to survive and it's going to happen anyways. <laughs> but, uh... In general, the movie, I felt the movie was very overhyped, mostly because of the cast. Just to list, it had yeah. Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, oh Melanie God. Linsky, oh my God. Ariana Grande, and Kid Cudi. Uh, also, Ariana Grande's and Kid Cudi's uh, characters like took me out of the story. It just felt so irrelevant, and I didn't care for them. Like, it was so random. Um, but yeah, I hated the movie. So your number, your number My four. number four. I'm not going to talk about this too long because we just talked about it for so long. It's Rule of the Aurora King. <laughs> I included it on the list because technically <laughs> yeah. I started it before the end of 2023. Um, this book was so bad. I I literally had to choke my way through it. That's all. We talked about it in but the, the second we episode. we talked about it. We talked about it. I honestly debated not including it on the list because we had talked about it, but it was just so bad. I had to be honest to myself. So, my number four is Rebel Moon. Oh no! Yeah, I, I watched this with my family. In fact, I forced my family to watch it with me. So I'm sorry, but whatever. At least I didn't struggle alone. So what I wrote was it was very cliche. I really wanted to like this, but it was so predictable. And man, I wish my brother was here because he had a lot of the same things to say about this movie that I, that I did. It like like um it reminded me of a lift in that it combined all the elements of a of sci-fi movies and it felt incomplete and rushed, which was a shame because the cast is pretty awesome. Like, really awesome. It has, like, a pretty stellar cast. I'll probably still watch the second movie, though, when it comes out. <laughs> because why not? Bruh. I would actually struggle through that. That's all yeah. I have to say. I mean, I, I heard bad things about it. But I heard people, like, not liking it even before it came out. Because it's supposed to be, like, a rejected Star Wars movie. So people already yeah, have that's low what, expectations that's, for it. Yeah, that's what I said. Element, yeah, that's why I said so. all the elements of a sci-fi movie. <laughs> like, it had... Yeah, such a good cast, you know? Dude, Anthony Hopkins was in it, okay? So, like, what are... Anyways, that was my number four. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's move on to number three. All right. My number three is there because it was just truly a letdown, and it's See You in My 19th Life. Oh. I loved the webtoon, um, See You in My 19th Life. It's so funny. Um, it's very emotional. I teared up a couple times reading it. Um, the relationship dynamic between the male lead and the female lead is so cute. It was great. The show started off great. That's how they reel you in. That's how they lied to you. The first half of it follows the plot of the webtoon almost exactly with very minor edits. And then by the second half, I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they were thinking that they didn't want to follow the plot of the webtoon. So they just wanted to do something unique, which was a bad choice. I hate it when people take the source material and are like, we're going to fix this. 
right? Or we're going to put our own spin mm-hmm. on it. Don't. I like the source material because it's good. I don't want to hear about your new ideas. Just show me a one-to-one translation. The ending was so bad. It was honestly, I straight up, I got up and I left. My, my family watched it all together and they were watching the last episode. I'm just like, I'm leaving. I can't. I'm so frustrated. Because I don't know. Dude, have you finished the whole show, by the way? Or did you enough it? Yeah, I did. Okay. No, no, no. I think we talked about this too. Uh, I don't think we talked about a recording, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know if we talked about it on recording, but we've definitely talked about it. Yeah, the trope of of somebody losing their memories and then falling for the same person or like somebody giving up their memories um, and having it be like, oh, well, they survived. They're just, they're the same person. It's like, no, they're not. Yeah. Your no. memories are who you are. Like most of who we are is experience. It's just like, I could get to the biology of it, but I don't want to. Like <sighs> her giving up her memories and then him going to seduce her is like, that is not the person you fell in love with. This is a brand new person. The The things that made her who she was are now gone. This is not a happy ending. You killed the male, not the male lead, the female lead. For what? I don't know. It made me mad. I would agree. I didn't like it at all. And that's not even, and I didn't even read the webtoon. So I agree. Uh, my number three is Ghosted. It, it stars Ana de Armas and Chris Evans, you think, wow, stellar cast, right? No. Once again, we have a cliche story done in a very, very bad way. I don't really have much to say on it. It was underwhelming, and I really only watched it for Ana de Aramas. And that's that. <laughs> okay. Are we on to number two? Yes. Okay. My number two is another one that I'm not going to talk too much about because we're going to talk about it later. Crescent City, book two. This book was a extreme disappointment, just truly a disappointment because I, you know, I read it after having mixed feelings about the first one, but feeling like it got to a really good place. Um, and I was excited for this one. And I was honestly, it was very, very slow, right? Which was kind of how the first book was. And then when it got to the end, um, the plot started picking up and the plot actually did something so interesting and unexpected for SJM because I feel like all her books are pretty much exactly the same. And I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And then in like the last two chapters may have been the worst chapters of anything I've ever read. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Why does this read like fan fiction? But bad. There's better fan fiction. <laughs> um... I will definitely talk about this at some point when we do our SJM episode and debrief, but it was truly another disappointment. That's why I didn't read it. Um, yeah. I don't really like setting myself for, for disappointment, except for Rebel <laughs> Moon. <laughs> All right. My number two is Citadel. Oh, really? Uh, I think it's a prime original. Yeah, that's yeah. so surprising. And it has my girl Priyanka Chopra in it. Like, come on. Like, that's so annoying that I didn't like it. But it was so bad. It was so cliche. It was so, so cliche and so, so cringy. The plot wasn't plotting. I feel like it needed more episodes, not because I wanted more of it, but because I felt like they rushed through a lot of the character storylines slash pasts. 
I felt like they weren't given enough episodes. I I mean, we were waiting to watch that. I just that, think it was so incredibly so. bad. <laughs> I might still watch it. I actually I actually DNF'd it. Oh. I DNF'd it in the fourth or fifth episode and picked it up along like a while later just to finish Dang. it because I had like two episodes left. But it was really bad. Like I didn't I didn't really understand Stanley Tucci's character, like what was he? Who knows? But um I mean I, I know what he was, but like what, did what he was add? he? <laughs> also Richard Madden's character, the jaw clenching thing needed to stop. <laughs> it really needed to stop. That's so funny. Well, <laughs> oh well, I guess I won't I, try. I guess it was okay. bad. I don't know if people agree with. I me, think they do. I believe it that it was because uh, we saw a trailer for it a very long time ago. We we're gonna watch it because I think season two just came out or is coming out. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, but it's definitely. It, it ends on like a cliffhanger, I mean, so I'm debating whether or not to watch it. But I don't want to put myself through. Honestly, that again. it's got a 51, percent which is higher than I expected. And yeah, I'm what I just. I don't want to talk about it. I just don't. <laughs> but why? <laughs> why did people like? This? Well, it's it's. I don't think it's like loved. I think it's like maybe extremely mediocre. Like it doesn't even do well in its mediocrity. Like I mean. What are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, Google puts it at 3.4, so... Yeah. It's it's just perfectly average. Yeah, I guess that's all I'm going to say. Oh, dude. Now I know why I recognized one of the actors. Why? The person who played Ashley Cummings. Yeah, she was in um, Miss Fisher's Murder. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. She's she Dot. The... Yeah, Oh, exactly. my gosh. I knew I recognized her. Well. I want to rewatch that. The show is so I'm, good. I want to rewatch that it. The show is just amazing. Okay, so what was your number, number one? I'll drum roll. Um, okay, this may not be very surprising to you, but my number one is Discovery of Witches. This might be my number one of all time, actually. I can't... That's actually extremely surprising to me. Why? Oh, the mo- the, the the show or the, mo- the, uh, book, the book? The book. The show was... Okay, okay, never mind. Not well, surprised. The show Not wasn't surprised. good either. It just wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, we started it yeah. together and we couldn't finish it because, <laughs> because it, it wasn't available. available. But we didn't we didn't hate it. We surprisingly didn't hate it. Well, that was the thing. Like, we, we didn't, didn't really like it, but yeah, we didn't hate it. Yeah, and I think we had like fun kind of roasting it. So it was fine. And the plot was like more interesting than the book, but the book might be maybe one of the worst books I've ever read. Because it's just everything you could do badly about a book, it does. It's just, oh my god. It's so much of them, of the main characters, just going to restaurants, drinking tea, drinking wine, trying food. (laughs) Um, There's several chapters of them going to yoga class multiple times. Oh, God, And you would think... What? That's so weird. And you would think, like, oh, well, if they're spending so much time, like, developing their relationship, I guess that means, like, like, the main characters have, like, good chemistry and it's, like, a cute romance. Nah. It's your very typical um, alpha male vampire relationship where she finds out that he's super strong and what he said... Let's straight up a line and there's, like, a... Oh, what he says goes. You know, I, I don't like that you said alpha male, like... When you said that, I oofed. No, I they, oofed. They out. call I'm, him no. that in the book. I'm not kidding. 
Oh, the way I would just I, throw that. That was what. Because of my that was what did it for me. Because people love Discovery of Witches. It. I picked it up because it was an urban fantasy, and when it, it started off on like an interesting note of urban fantasy, and like there's this cool sci-fi element running through it that I kind of love. Um, it because it kind of connects to some of the research that I do, and I was like, oh my god, this is perfect. And then it was just chapter after chapter of wine tasting. I was like, why? And I, I stuck it through, but once she started calling, when she was like, oh, he's the alpha male, and he gets to make the decisions, I was like, yeah. Even if he has an arc and becomes less terrible, he's giving me Major Edward Cullen vibes anyway, breaking into her house. I just don't like him. They don't have chemistry. And if I have to, oh, re- no. if I have to read about the flavors of tea one more time, I'm going to scream. So... This may have been maybe the worst book I've ever read. It's the, it's it's just terrible. It might be actually the first book I've DNF'd too. So, because I usually stick it out to the end, but I literally couldn't. I couldn't sit through it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's my number one. <laughs> All right. Um, my number one. Drum roll. I Thank you. No, I can hear it. Um, it's Tower of Oh my of god, Ice, no! The movie. Why? <laughs> oh, god. That's so you know sad. <laughs> if I... I agree with you, though. If I was a super soldier and I was in Hydra, on my trigger <laughs> words, list of words, Tower Heist would be on there. You know? You know? Um, and if if I were the Hulk... The Hulk is always angry, right? No, no. I would have a trigger, and that would be Tower Heist. <laughs> it's just so, so bad. I hate it so much. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it anymore, and I've been talking about it but, for two but seconds. But was it better than Lyft, though? No. Really? That's surprising. I thought Lyft was way worse. I don't think Tower Heist was good. It was so boring. <laughs> but the plot picked up near the end. No, I think... But- I think I think maybe it just Tower Heist traumatized me. Yeah, because we were expecting a good movie, so. No, because I didn't feel a strong sense of hate towards Lyft. Like I didn't like it at all. I mean, I hated it, but like I didn't, I didn't have that visceral response like I did with Tower Heist. You know, <laughs> Tower Heist was life changing. <laughs> I remember like, we were on that call after we had watched it. And you were just like fuming. You're like, we could have watched Zoolander. <laughs> You're so angry. I don't. I don't want to talk yeah. about it. I, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, yeah. Okay. So I was, think I think that. there was a point where we were like, "This isn't bad." Like once the heist started going, um, their plot twist was I actually. Think, I think I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking, "Oh, that's not, that's not a bad twist." But then the ending ended up sucking. We're like, "What the fuck?" We're not. We're not. All right. Um, I have dishonorable mentions. Oh, okay. Uh, there are only two on there, but I'm sure there is so many more. But uh, on there are Terminator Genesis. Okay. I was so disappointed. I love the Terminator movies. I don't know why they made that. <laughs> Money. Uh, and my second one is gonna get me canceled. Oh. For sure. Oh. Matrix Two. Oh. Uh huh. Matrix Two. I, not resurrections. So my family, n- no, not the not the new one. Like 
like act the oh actual matrix God. the second movie that okay, came out okay. yeah so the thing is gosh we watched uh my family and my family we watched matrix the first movie together and i liked it and then we started watching the second movie and it was so so boring that i walked out in the middle of the movie wow and proceeded to watch something else on my laptop <laughs> wow okay and i never i never i never like watched anything of the matrix again <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry to all the fans out there i mean <laughs> like i'm sorry i i was just so ridiculously bored by it fair enough i've only seen the first one so i don't know maybe if i had stuck it out i would have liked it but i wasn't gonna push myself through that boringness and it was i couldn't fair enough do you have any dishonorable mentions um so i have a couple the but i didn't include them on the list not because um they were bad but i had a fun time watching like i said i like bad movies um especially when you watch them with the right people especially me and uh, me and we absolutely adore watching bad movies together because we'll roast the hell out of it um so tower heist is actually definitely on my list if we're including that in our 2023 like that was a bad movie that was just really bad um yeah but also on the list uh i watched 50 shades for the first time and it was (laughs) it was really fun to watch because we were just dying of laughter over how bad it was, but it was bad. It was like, it was. I, no, I watched it too a very long time ago and I skipped through like 75% of it. So, yeah, I mean, they, I don't understand if they had a script editor or something because literally the dialogue feels like it was ripped straight from fan fiction, which I know it started off as fan fiction. So maybe that's why, but the dialogue was so, so bad. Um, some of the plot points were just hilariously bad. There's like this part where um, she's been dating him for like a couple months or something, uh, and they think he died. Um, he went down in a car, a uh, plane oh, yeah. crash. Is it the helicopter? Yeah, one? he. They <laughs> think he's plane crash he one? dies yeah. in like this helicopter crash. So she goes to see his family, and his family is comforting her. Like his mom is comforting her. And I'm like, bruh. I remember. She's yeah. been- I'm like, yes, everything is about you, girl. Like, I know. Let's go, Anastasia. It was so ridiculous. I, I was like dying at that scene. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But yeah. Like, could the main character ca- main character harder than Anastasia Steele? No. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh <laughs> but that's why I didn't put it on my list because I but loved like- I loved watching it, actually. It was one of my favorite memories of the year. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I felt the same way about the about oh the God. Meg. We watched um, the Meg together. Yeah, <laughs> the Meg. Also so I, bad. It's on Netflix yeah. now. I think the second movie I or something. I watched the second one with my dad, and he also died of laughter. Uh, but Adi and I watched the first one, and he hated it so much because I think he didn't like the. Um, it was kind of gory, and he was like, "This is nasty," but it was so bad. He just he just doesn't get it. He just he just doesn't <laughs> get it. I mean, it was kind of gross. Like the dead shark part was kind of gross, but yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. just painfully bad. Um, but I think they they knew that. So, um, the second one was worse actually. The second one I didn't find as fun as the first one, but mm. it was more ridiculous but less fun. Um, but yeah, those are my dishonorable mentions. Yeah. 
Okay, I think it's time for our last segment, which is low expectations. Whether that's low expectations of us to complete whatever piece of media we said we're going to watch or read, or low expectations for the trash things that we're about to watch or read. Today, we're going to take it a little bit differently. Since we reviewed the year of 2023, uh, we're going to look at the Goodreads list of the big books of 2024, specifically the fantasy and romantic books, and then kind of see what we're looking forward to this year. So I'm just scrolling through fantasy right now so, for anything familiar. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. The I'm not really... The very first romanticy book is house of flame and shadow by sarah j moss which is i think the third crescent city book and yeah i elected to skip over I that am... i don't i don't know why you didn't <sighs> that's all i have to say about that one. Oh, oh my god i can't um... believe i didn't talk about actually Looking at this, okay, because there's a new book out coming out called Touch of Chaos by Scarlett uh, St. Clair. Looking at that, I can't believe I didn't talk about this book either on my worst of list because I think I read the um, first book in this series, or I tried to, and I literally couldn't get past the first couple of chapters because it was so cliche. It was another one of those alpha male things um, and just not fun to read, so... And also, I, Hades and Persephone. Oh, I recognize. I recognize the cover. I recognize the cover of the first book, and I think we actually. I don't know if we talked about this or I saw it in some video, but is bad. It's yeah. bad. Um. So I will not be reading that. Um, I think the only thing, the only thing that I'm like finding interesting is there. There's a new Leigh Bardugo book coming out. Yeah. Called the. Familiar. I think it's a continuation of Ninth House. Um. Is it or is it a new one? Uh, it, oh, it's new actually. I th- I think it. I didn't read the ninth. I didn't read Ninth House, but didn't people like it's it? It's good. No, no, no. Like ninth it? House is good. I haven't. I started to read it, but okay. Then I I need to read that. I need to read that. But yeah, I haven't read a Leigh Bardugo book book in a really long time. So I think she's like kind of transitioning from YA to more adult. So oh oh, and the the description of this book is actually really interesting um and i'm seeing like i'm seeing like alchemists and stuff and i love you can you gullion maid luzia katado finds herself in strange and serious trouble when her knack for magic attracts the attention of royal spies mad alchemists and the spanish inquisition didn't expect that that's funny actually you know what i'm adding that i'm adding that. that to my want to read i actually will read this see i think that's pretty much the only one on here um yeah kind of okay there's this book here called i'm not gonna read it because i'm just not interested but there's this book here called bloodguard and the (laughs) oh my god dude that's so crazy that's i just opened the tab to that uh (laughs) we have no that's (laughs) we have the exact same taste uh but but the main character's name is leaf like keith with an l (laughs) which is so funny what the fuck okay um Oh wait! Ew! Is this a? Oh, it's a male. Oh, oh dear! It's a male main lead. Oh, oh jeez! Oh no! The tap. <laughs> oh no! So sad. Um. Oh, wait. Never mind. There was this one called Lore of the Wilds, which I was. That looked fun. Um, because I read the words Enchanted Library, but then 
um the next sentence said two very handsome very dangerous fey fellows and um we're moving on i just don't do love triangles man oh oh okay i'm looking at the i'm looking at the ya too because i'm weak <laughs> no don't give in don't give in um there's this book called oh oh guess what guess mm-hmm. what i i'm 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 happy for you to he- i'm happy for you why um, your favorite series, the Inheritance Game Saga, is getting your reboot with this new installment. What? What is the Inheritance mm-hmm, Game? Mm-hmm. What is Inheritance Game? Remember your favorite series. Hang on, I have to look at the cover. What is the Inheritance Game? Wait, that sounds familiar. Oh, I don't. I don't like this author. That's why. Uh, because I haven't forgiven her, but I actually haven't read this yet. I thought you did read it. And no, you no, hated no, no, it. no. Maybe that was something. No, no, no. Else. Jennifer Lynn Barnes and I have beef because she wrote the series. Okay, maybe that's why I confused. She you. wrote. She no, wrote no. raised. I know you told yeah. me about this. She wrote raised by wolves, which is it was one of the first book series that I actually hated. Um, oh, so I will not be reading it. Thanks. Oh, she's pretty though. You're welcome. I just thought you might you you might have interest. You know, Jenny is kind of pretty. I'm not gonna lie. Who's Jenny? The author. <laughs> Her little cover photos. Gosh, you're, you're on first uh-huh, name basis, uh-huh. I see. Well, we have beef. That brings us to first name basis. Um, Yeah, there's this book called, uh, where'd it go? The Warm Hands of Ghosts um, by Catherine Arden. And she wrote The Bear and the Nightingale, which was mm-hmm. really actually good. So maybe I'll read this one. Oh, I think you'll like it too. Uh, investigating the mysterious death of her brother, field nurse Laura Ivan chases down rumors of missing soldiers, haunted battlefield trenches, and a ghostly hotelier oh, yeah, yeah. with a wicked offer. That feels like your vibe. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, I was about to add that too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's coming out. I think soon too. Um, that one is coming out in February. So. It's right around the corner. I, I I wrote I looked up like movies and shows that were coming out in 2024 and wrote them down. The stuff I'm like I want to watch. Yeah, you're more prepared for. than I am. So, uh, so for me, uh, movies, Rebel Moon. Oh 2. my god, why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for pain. Um, you know, uh, on my honorable mentions, I mentioned a movie called The Gentleman, directed by Guy mm-hmm. Ritchie. There's a TV show coming out. And I'm really excited for that. There's a new Lord of the Rings movie coming out. I'm Wait, so what? Shook. Like a reboot or a new yeah. story? Like a new story. Oh, okay. Dang. And um, there's obviously, there's a Jason Statham movie, like a new Jason Statham movie coming oh, out called The Beast. Oh, disgusting. Are you kidding me? It's so fun. I think, I... You know, I'm just a sucker for just Jason State action films. It mindless action. Fair enough. Excuse you, person <laughs> who liked the Meg. I did. I didn't think it was good. I just it was fun. Oh, dude, Josh Hutcherson is in the Beekeeper. Oh, <laughs> oh. okay. Well, okay. Um, I have more. I have more. There's a John Wick spinoff. A movie called Ballerina, and I think Ana de Armas is in it, so I'm excited for that. And uh, the new Marvel movie called Madam Web. 
Oh. I'm excited for. That's coming out. I I mean mm-hmm. you do you, I guess. I, I, I will thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. And then now I have my list of T V shows. Yes, I never stop talking. I'm sorry. Uh there's a show called Mr. and Mrs. Smith coming yeah, out. Yeah, I wanted to watch with it. With Donald yes. Glover and someone else. Yeah, based off of the movie. And I really, I like the movie. I find it enjoyable. And then, like, a new Daredevil, sh- I think a new Daredevil show oh, is really? coming out. Oh, really? Same actor? Yeah. I think same actor. Okay. But, yeah. And I think maybe the Punisher might be making an appearance. I'm not really sure. I didn't look that much into mm. it. <sighs> And I, I Googled to see if One Piece, the live action, had anything coming out. And they said, in 2025, yeah. will I even be alive then? Like, let's oh, have such a long isn't wait. Isn't Bridgerton coming out in May? Season three? Yeah, oh, I think it? so. Oh, I'm not I'm not very excited for that. Uh, <laughs> I have hope. But I'm actually, actually, I'm still going to watch it. Yeah. Who am I kidding? I'm still I watching don't know. it. Just for... Just because I'm pure, I'm so I curious. I was so excited yeah. for season two, and I actually really loved Charlotte. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be good, but I don't find Colin compelling at all. So Penelope is okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my main problem. And if Penelope's in it, uh, what's her face is gonna be in it? Um, Eloise, and I hate Eloise. So don't we all? I oh my so gosh. Annoying. So that's it for me. How about for you? Uh, I didn't make a list. <laughs> I was not. You didn't need to make a list. Just Google movies nah, that are coming I out. I think, I mean, that I pretty much added mine to yours. I don't really, I'm not really a movie gal anymore. Um, if something pops up that's mm-hmm. interesting, um, I'll go see it. I'm going to go see Boy and the Heron, which technically released last year, but maybe that'll be good. Um, and I am interested in, like we said, Bridgerton. And I think that's about it. Oh, when is Leverage Redemption coming out, actually? I would be interested in that. It's coming out this year. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Okay. That's also on my list. Um, that might make it. That's, that might go all the way yeah. to the top. So, Leverage. Let's go. But I think that's it for our low expectations. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can follow us at... Uh, at Less Than A Day Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And our Gmail is less than a day pod at gmail.com you can send us suggestions for like books tv shows movies uh on any of the social medias and we'll be happy to check it out and also if you do want to start beef with us i'm i'm welcome i'm welcome i'm ready to fight in the comments (laughs) (laughs) i will not beat you in person (laughs) you will definitely beat me but I'm ready. Like, if you have, if if you're beefing with me over any of like the my my worst list, <laughs> be sure to let us know. Yep, we'll fight. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you.